Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from Colossians chapter 3, the epistle from this past Sunday, and our epistle for tonight. Where Paul writes, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is God's word. A word that we use all the time in the Lutheran Church is the word sacrament. And in the Catechism, we learn that a sacrament, well, for us in the Lutheran Church, there are two of them, baptism and Holy Communion. They are visible means by which God forgives us and gives us life. So the water of holy baptism and the bread and wine of holy communion are visible, tangible things that you can see, touch, smell, taste. And God works through them with his word to save us. Now some people criticize us Lutherans for using that word sacrament and talking about sacraments because they'll say, well, the word sacrament is not in the Bible. That's only partly true. In any English translation of the Bible, you're not going to find the word sacrament in there. It's a Latin word. And it's a word that in Latin Bibles, when the Bible is translated into Latin, it was used for the Greek word mysterion. The word mystery. And that is a very biblical word. So think of a sacrament as a mystery. How can God save us through the water of baptism? It is in some ways mysterious to us. It's beyond our comprehension. How can Jesus, who sits at the right hand of the throne of God, as it even says in our text tonight, that Christ sits at God's right hand, how can that same Jesus be in heaven and be with us in bread and wine? There's an element of mystery to it. And St. Paul, especially in his letter to the Colossians, loves the word mystery. He repeats it a number of times, especially in chapter 1, where he talks about this mystery, which is Christ in you. And he calls it the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. In other words, what Paul is saying, it is a mystery that Jesus Christ, who reigns on high, who is God himself, those who don't believe that Christ is God, should just read the book of Colossians, because Paul makes it clear, as well as other places of Scripture do as well. But that mystery is that not just that Christ is in heaven and that he's down here also with us, but that he is actually dwelling among us and in us. What a blessed mystery. And so that's a helpful way, I think, for you and I as Christians to think about sacraments. They are really mysteries. God doing 
an incredible, abundant, gracious thing for us in a mysterious, complex, even incomprehensible way. Paul here in Colossians chapter 3 details part of this mystery. And I often, it seems especially at these Wednesday night services, I love to point out little bits of grammar. So any of you who loved English class, here you go. I want to read to you the first three verses of our text from Colossians 3, where Paul writes, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now in this text, Paul talks about dying and rising. Actually, he does it in reverse. First he talks about rising, and then he talks about dying. And certainly, we as Christians do believe that we will, one day in the future, die, and then Rise again to new life when Christ returns. But that's not what Paul says. For you English junkies, for those of you who are grammar snobs and judge people who use the wrong form of the word there, or use an apostrophe when they shouldn't, here you go. Notice what Paul says. He does not say you will die and you will be raised. That's future tense. That's stuff off ahead of us. No, Paul says, you have been raised with Christ. And he says, you have died. You died. Did you know that? (laughs) Did you miss it? You have died. And you have been raised. Already. Paul teaches in the book of Romans, the sixth chapter, how in our baptism, in that mystery of the Lord's uh, washing us with water in the word, that we are united with Christ and his death and resurrection. In other words, what happens in baptism is you are in Christ and Christ is in you. The two of you become one. What is Jesus's? is yours. What God is pleased about in his son Jesus, he is now pleased about in you. In your baptism, you died. The sin that corrupts you and dwells within you and tempts you and misleads you was killed, drowned, if you will, in the water of your baptism. You died on the day you were baptized. I've heard it said, and I think it's worth repeating, that we maybe don't comprehend what it is we do to the little babies that we bring to the font to be baptized, and to the Older children and even adults who come to the font as well. We put them to death. 
according to their sinful flesh. Everything in them that is corrupted and broken and evil and fallen, everything in you that is corrupted and broken and evil and fallen was nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ in your baptism. You died on the day you were baptized. And you were raised as well. A sinful, wicked, fallen creature goes into the baptismal font and out comes a holy, precious child of God, washed and made new. Sin, drowned in those waters, put to death. Now, as I once heard it said, that sin in us, our sinful flesh, the old Adam, we call it sometimes. Unfortunately, he's a good swimmer. Sin put to death in our baptism rises to life to afflict us over and over and over. And so we do battle against that sin, that flesh in us that was put to death on the cross of Jesus Christ in our baptism. We wage war against it. And actually it's Jesus who wages war on our behalf. And so Paul says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. The Christian who repents, who turns from sin, is daily returning to that baptismal font, grabbing their sinful flesh by the neck and choking him under the water of the baptismal font. Putting sin back where it belongs. Dead. On the cross of Jesus. In these you too once walked, Paul says, when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Ultimately, the book of Colossians is a beautiful book about your identity, who you are. That's a, that's a tricky word to use these days. Identity. We think of gender identity, racial identity, identity politics. And all those things bring up very divisive, very controversial subject matters. But what you need to know is that your identity is not found in the color of your skin, the party you vote for, or what pronouns you think you ought to use. Your identity is found here. In the water of baptism, where God said, you are my child. For every person, it's not, you know, just preteens and teens today who are struggling with their identity. We all do. 
We want to be identified with success, with popularity, with power and prestige. Any number of things we will use as markers of our identity. But the one who died in the baptismal font and was raised to new life is first and foremost God's child. That is the identity by which we live. That is the identity with which we take all of our sin, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, all these things that Paul lists out for us. Put them where they belong. Back on the cross where you died. Know who you are in your baptism. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you. You are one with him. And God loves you and cherishes you and extols you as his child. What a beautiful mystery that is indeed. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.